Nick asked this question in my Facebook group. What psychological tools could we use to avoid relapse into disordered eating? Well, stay right where you are because psychologist Dr. Connie Stapleton, who specializes in bariatric surgery, is with me today to answer your question. They're back. ProCare Health's customer favorite calcium dark chocolate bars are now available online at ProCareNow.com. Creamy chocolate plus calcium and vitamin D. You'll love them. Use code SUSAN10 to save 10%. Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist Dr. Susan Mitchell. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 70. Most of my career, I've worked in some type of media, particularly radio, where I did morning drive nutrition spots over 18 years. That's what led me to podcasting. I've been podcasting now well over 10 years. Ultimately, it led me to you. I created Bariatric Surgery Success to provide you with that life-changing information, always based on science, simple strategies, tools to help you be successful in your transformation and your journey. So happy you've connected with me. You're in the right place. I'm glad you're listening. Don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter if you haven't already. You'll get a weekly tip. You'll hear about freebies, info on the latest podcast episode. Be the first to know about specials and sales, whatever's going on. You can sign up today on my homepage, breakingdownnutrition.com. Join me today via Skype is Atlanta-based psychologist, Dr. Connie Stapleton. Well, if you're a regular listener, then you've already heard Dr. Connie on the podcast before talking about your relationship with food or how to handle a bully. That was one of her best podcasts that I know you guys loved. You told me so. She has vast experience in the field of bariatrics and she shares practical skills for improving your post-op relationship with food and with other people. But you know what? Most importantly, about your relationship with yourself. She teaches you better ways, as I say, to deal with life stuff. You can find links in the show notes to Dr. Connie's website, and it's complete with resources as well as her podcast called Berry Aftercare. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Connie. Thank you, Dr. Susan. I always love being here, and I am so grateful for the work that you do. Well, thanks. You know what? Together, uh, I just think we go hand in hand in what we do, for sure. I agree. So how are things in Atlanta? And before I start, what do we need to know about that you're working on right now? Oh, my greatest things going on right now are the Berry Aftercare program. You mentioned the Berry Aftercare podcast, which I'm really grateful for. But the Berry Aftercare podcast is part of a bigger program called Berry Aftercare. I did not and know that. It's, yeah, it's based on a, a lot of the psychological tools. Because in addition to following all of the tips and tools that the nutritionists and the dietitians give to the patients, it goes a little into the psychological piece. So marrying the two, like you and I do yes. while we're on your podcast, is such a great idea. So to get a little deeper into the psychological piece, you can check out the whole Berry After Care program, which is berryaftercare.com. Okay. And does your website link to that as well? Most definitely does. Okay. Thank you so much for asking. All right. So that way, remember, those will be in the show notes, everyone. Okay. You heard the question at the beginning from Nick, and he wants to know what psychological tools can we use so that you avoid relapse into disordered eating. And just as you said a minute ago, from my many years of practice, I understand and really 
appreciate the tight interface, if you will, <laughs> between my work as a dietitian and yours as a psychologist. Mm-hmm. A- in fact, as I just mentioned, they go hand in hand. And I have learned over years, you really can't do one without the other. You, you can have a fabulous diet, but emotions can derail your very best efforts. So I want you to talk just a little bit about psychology and then move into some of the top tools that you suggest to avoid relapse. Absolutely, and I I love this topic. I was so excited to see that Nick had asked this question because in your intro, you talk about these simple strategies and they are, you know, it's, it's simple to say drink more water. It's simple to say, you know, make a food plan. It's simple to stay, stay away from this and that, but it's difficult. So while the strategy itself may be simple, it gets difficult because of exactly what you said, Susan, the emotions. And emotions make it like trying to work and see through tremendous fog. So the strategy is simple, except that it's all clouded with this fog of emotions. So psychology comes in and says, all right, take this beautiful strategy that the dietitian has shared with you and helps people work through the fog by looking at the behavior and the thinking. So when we talk about what strategies that you can use that are that are psychologically based, the number one thing is that thinking. You know, the self-talk is critical to success in this process. And, and you know what? I want to jump in here because I, I totally agree with this because we can have the best tools and ideas, but there's a there's a breakdown so often that I see between, I hear it, okay, here's what I want you to do, and here are the things you can do and be empowered to do, but there's a breakdown before it gets to implementation. And right. that's where I'm hearing you say that, you know, emotions come into play and all the other crap, if you will, that's in the way, <laughs> you know, is, is preventing the implementation. And I think I hear that's what Nick is saying. How do we stop this or keep it from happening again? Okay, so self-talk. Yes, I love this because so many people, I mean, I'm guilty of this, aren't you? There are days when I just go, oh, geez, where where did I leave my brain? Somewhere else, you know? (laughs) Or or I need to go outside a minute just so I can dump the garbage out of my brain. (laughs) Exactly. And you know, when you say all that other crap, unfortunately, a lot of us bring bucketfuls of crap into our adult lives, right? That leave us thinking, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I, I don't know if, you know, if I have the ability or it's just too hard or, you know, all that crappy self-talk. Why are so we, we our own worst enemies? Totally. We are totally our own worst enemies. But part of what has to happen is a working on that self-talk and changing it, whether you believe it or not, but also looking at where did this crap come from? Where did I get the idea that I can't do this? Where did I get the idea that I'm not worth it? Where did I get the idea that I'm not as good as other people or worth as worthy as other people? That's a bunch of crap. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Did everyone hear that? Can you say that again? (laughs) Yes, that is all a bunch of crap. You know, every human being has equal value. So we have, but here's the thing, we don't buy into it. We think other people are more worthy than we are. We put tremendous effort into our kids and our partners and our spouses and our friends because they're worth it, but we don't treat ourselves as well. We don't talk to ourselves as well. And that's why the simple strategies become very difficult because I don't believe in me. That's got to change. Okay. How? By saying, 
I'm as, I'm as valuable as every other person. I deserve health as much as everybody else. I can do this a step at a time. I can get help when the going gets tough. I choose health. I choose health. That's a beautiful mantra because it falls over every category of your life, food, exercise, relationships, uh, job. I choose health. I choose a healthy lifestyle, which leads to my second point, which is quit focusing on food and scale and weights and diet. Focus on living fully. You know, that one right there uh, is so important because when someone's had bariatric surgery in the beginning, there is a lot of teaching that you have to do about caloric intake due to and portion size and grams of high quality protein that you have to have and limited grams of carbs. So there is a um, a require required, if you will, focus on understanding the macros and the calories in the beginning. But I'm a huge believer that yes, you got to know that because knowing it is power and knowing it lets you make wise decisions. But then you've got to take the focus off of that and look at food as a whole and you're in uh, the enjoyment of life um, right. not saying oh darn I ate too many carbs I'm going to pay for it because that I call it that stinky thinking really will mess yeah. you up it does it's like living with blinders on if you think about it. if you hold both hands up next to your face and your whole world is about food it's like living with blinders on and you miss three-fourths of what's going on around you But I totally agree. And that's one of the other psychological tools, which is education and awareness. And I agree with you that there's a time frame where you've got to learn what you might not have known. Exactly. And in nutrition with bariatric nutrition is so different from every, you know, what I will just say everyday nutrition and not that I mean, we're still eating all the same foods. I'm a big believer in that. It's just that you're Mm -hmm. eating different portions with a focus more on protein. So they're just strategies that really make the difference in how successful that surgery is going to be. But ultimately they still fit into the whole picture, as you're saying of life, of life. It's not, that's not all life is. Right. Absolutely. Life is big and full and we've got to learn to enjoy it. But for so long, for so many people, it's been all about food and food just, it it encompasses your life. And so you've got to get the education and the awareness. And then, and then if you're struggling to implement these things, you got to go, what is that about? And dig a little deeper, you know, emotional eating or relapse into emotional eating or unhealthy eating you got to understand the relapse cycle and what's involved in that, which is not just behavioral. The behavioral thing is the last piece in the cycle. You know, there's an emotional step that comes way before reaching for the food, which is dealing with stress and not being able to identify triggers. And then there's this whole mental relapse, like I give up, why bother? You know, I give in. So Mm -hmm. it's that thinking, it's, it's, it's education about not only you know, the dietary things, but this whole business of how emotions fog your decision-making and working on some skills and some questions to ask yourself, because if you make a better decision, you'll have fewer regrets. So when someone's going to get this education or, so let me back up to tying all this in. You had, we were going on with, um, you know, I choose health and, and other mantras. So as part of that awareness of speaking positive to yourself um, and understanding and getting the education, do you look at things like 
daily readings or vision mm-hmm. boards or affirmations or maybe a text or a an email or a voicemail, something that comes that people hear and see and interact with on a daily basis that Absolutely. helps. Absolutely. Because when we're first new to this business of learning how to do this, we need it needs to be front and center. So I do a thing called Motivate Me which is I sent, it's part of the Barry Aftercare program where I send out four texts a day with just you know positive messages and reminders that keep going, keep going, keep going. And I think a daily reading is very, very powerful or even just a positive word to focus on all day long because it keeps this whole business of living healthy, choosing health, living fully right front and center. Affirmations are great. Vision boards are amazing. I call this a meaningful matter. It's like looking at why did you want to become healthier in the first place? And that becomes your vision, right? I do what I do because this is what I want. Okay. So keeping these things front and center is critical. So let's say you've been trying that and then you just um, have a, you know, you, you feel yourself sliding and these, okay. you're not, you've quit doing your readings and your words to yourself aren't quite so nice. And, you know, you're, you stop the, the just positive mantras. And as you're saying, education, okay, so stressful event happens in your life. And many times that's a trigger for drugs. I know what you'll talk about. And I know it's definitely a trigger for emotional overeating. Absolutely. So when you feel yourself struggling, and you're not doing these above things or they they kind of slide away and you know awareness you you you're aware of it what then do you see a psychologist are there tools online that are beneficial as well do you do do both because you're saying okay understand the relapse cycle let's talk about that and then how do they get go from awareness to uh, and that understanding and then doing something about it well there's so many roads to rome right So I say, do what works for you. The first place you can start is Google, understanding emotional eating, stopping emotional eating. Um, Just Google those words, you know, how to stop emotional eating or understanding the relapse cycle. The relapse cycle for drugs or gambling or shopping or overeating is absolutely the same. And it starts with stress, right? right? We have stress. So people need to become aware of what their stressors are, right? So, oh gosh, I realize that when I'm running late, I reach for food or when, you know, my spouse or my partner says something critical to me, I reach for food or when my kids are all uptight, I reach for food. So understanding what is going on that you reach for food, but definitely getting some help. This isn't something people can do alone, but you can learn how to identify and work through emotional eating traps by looking online, by getting a therapist, by getting into a support group, by getting into a therapy group. I do an online therapy group for bariatric patients. So we meet in person online and we talk about these things. I know that's difficult for some people. So do what works for you. If it's reaching out individually to you or individually to me or getting into a program or reading through bariatric care or Googling, do what you need to do, but you can't do this alone. We need to learn. Agreed. You know, that's one of the things I love about the, I have a a private Facebook group and 
I'm picky about who comes in and picky about who stays nice. because nice. I only want people in there who are in there to help each other to share. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. don't even try to bully or I'll bully you right out the door. I mean, I want people, right. I want right. you to be a place where everyone comes and can vent and say, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I'm dealing with from a, a food related perspective. And, mm-hmm. and that's where, you know, when we've talked about you coming on, the, we'll have these different posts like Nick and others who will say, okay, let's ask Dr. Connie this because I, that's not my expertise, but I see how tightly they fit together. And we all need a safe uh, place to right. come and share where right. it's not going to be repeated outside that group. And it's we're not so going to be shame. We're going to feel understood and yes. not be shamed. You know, yeah. And you and I have been down the road, right? I've had issues. I've had struggles with food. I've gotten a lot of therapy before I ever went back to school to be a therapist. And so I'm not going to judge anybody seeking help. I'm going to be like, wow, you're one of the brave few. I love my brave people in the group because that's what it's all about. You know, I love my peeps. We're here to stick together and help one another. Okay, so... You, you know, relapse prevention, you're talking about cognitive therapy, you're talking about getting with the right professionals, with a, a registered dietitian, with a, a, a therapist. What else are the other tools you can practice at home in addition to the ones we mentioned at the beginning? Right. You know, I think of like mindfulness, for example. And again, mindfulness, you hear about it all the time, but you have to put it into play. You want to talk right. a little about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's such a buzzword. You know, yeah. I really kind of cringe every time I hear the word yeah, mindfulness. It's like, come on, what is it really? And right. how do I do something with it that's going to make a difference day to day? Yeah. Do you know what? It really does make a difference, even though the word makes me cringe. But mindfulness is paying attention <laughs> to what you're doing in the moment. Really paying attention. If you're doing the laundry, then smell the laundry, fold the laundry, feel the fabric. If you're eating, sit down with your food. Don't be reading. Don't be watching TV. Focus on the food. Enjoy the food. You know, it's just paying attention to what you're doing, not trying to multitask in 15 directions and miss everything. That's why we say that's like one of the tools that I'm sure you recommend is don't sit in front of the TV with a bag of chips. You're going to eat the whole dang thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, You won't even know they're there because uh, you're too engrossed in whatever's on television. I'm a big one for um, family meals. I don't care if family Mm -hmm. meals is just you or you and your dog or cat. It it, it is putting a lovely plate down and putting your food on it and sitting down and eating a meal so that you notice and smell and taste and chew and enjoy every bite that comes in. Most definitely. It's so much more satisfying than gulping and running, you know? Absolutely. So much more satisfying. Yeah. And you can go, okay, that was delightful. Now on to the next thing in life, in life. So mindfulness is paying attention. Self-monitoring is really a great tool, as you know, and I know you you encourage people to do that. And self-monitoring doesn't have to be writing down everything you eat or noting it in a an app. But self-monitoring is just talking to somebody else about your day, your progress, what you're struggling with. It's just being aware of where you're doing well. Please give yourself credit for where you're doing well. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, and get help for the things you need to work on. And the last thing that I would really recommend for people, and honestly, I think this is so understated. We have to help people understand that so much of Emotional eating in particular is about coping. 
coping, um, you know, we use food to cope. In other words, I don't like how I feel, so I'm going to use food and I think I feel better. Well, I might temporarily, but in the long run, you know, you feel worse because yeah. then you beat yourself up, blah, 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 blah. Yes, totally. But people need to learn healthy coping skills for dealing with stress. These are yeah. these are great. I mean, the, uh, these tools and gives us a lot to think about. So I know as we wrap up, you always have one takeaway. You don't want anyone to miss. What would that yes. be today? Today it would be give yourself the gift of valuing yourself and treating yourself as well as you do others. It all boils down to valuing yourself so you'll do the things that a person who values themselves does for positive change. Love it. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here with us and we take on these topics. You give yeah. really great usable information. I appreciate it. Thank you, Susan. I so appreciate the work that we do and the people who turn to those of us who are trying to help and ourselves as well as others. Well, if you have more questions you want Dr. Connie to answer, remember she's here about every five or six weeks. So feel free to contact me through the website, breakingdownnutrition.com. There's a contact us link at the top of the page. You can messenger me through Facebook. You can reply to one of the newsletters. I read every email that comes in. Remember, as we just said, take care of you you're worth it. Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories LLC, all rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.